Sky Talkers is a member of the Star Wars Escape Pods Network. Explore more great content and get to know our sister shows at WeAreEscapePods.com and on Twitter at WeAreEscapePods. The Star Wars Escape Pods Network, promoting positivity in fandom. Ahsoka Tano, the one and only. Over the past 10 years, Ahsoka has defied all odds and became an integral part of the Star Wars universe. For some, she's the reason they're fans. For others, she remains a near-perfect example of character growth in Star Wars. Welcome to Sky Talkers. Here are your hosts, Charlotte and Caitlin. Hello, and welcome to Sky Talkers. I'm your host, Charlotte. Hey, guys. I am your other host, Caitlin, and welcome to our Ahsoka appreciation episode. We are super pumped to be talking about Ahsoka Tano. I can't even tell you. On the last episode, Caitlin talked about how we were so excited to talk about Ahsoka because it's been a long time coming, and it honestly has. Mm -hmm. It was our – she said it on the last one. I'll just repeat it here – the the Ahsoka episode and the Ahsoka like character understanding episode had always been like our episode zero, our trial episode, what we were talk about if we were to do this like fancy podcast thing. And <laughs> here we are. I don't know if we'll ever I say this in the beginning of most of our episodes, but I hope we do it justice because it's been a long time coming. Mm-hmm. But Ahsoka is so great and we're so excited to talk about her. We're really excited to talk about her, but uh, there was a little bit of Star Wars news this week in that episode nine started filming, and we got confirmation on what Carrie Fisher's involvement was going to be, which I'm so glad that they just got it out there. You know what I mean? I, I know. I know. Think for them to be going through the next 18 months of filming and post-production and to just be thinking about, okay, the Carrie conversation, what are they going to do? Is Are they recasting? Well, the, oh, I'm just really glad that they put it out there. I know. I am too. I think it like it's allows me to not be so anxious about the movie mm-hmm. and kind of have a point of view of like what kind of scenes and like how they're going to use Carrie. I mean, mm-hmm. I think – it's just as a Leia fan and as a Carrie fan, it's so wonderful that her story can get to continue um, in episode nine and she can be a part of the entire sequel trilogy, which would be so great. Now she'll be in six movies, you know, Leia, the character, ba- basically seven if you count her baby performance. Um, I just think it's so it's amazing. And I'm really, really excited. And I'm just really excited that filming has started and like we're getting blurry, weird photos and it's just really fun. <laughs> we are on the hype train to episode nine officially. Yes. Which, oh, wow. <laughs> Before we know it, we're going to have a like a teaser trailer. We're going to have a name. It's going to come up really fast. It's almost already, you know, it's it's August now and like a year and a half until episode nine is released which just like honestly doesn't seem like that long which is crazy yeah it seems both forever away and tomorrow it's weird because right now we have like no visualization about what episode nine would even look like what our characters feel like like right now in this moment Mm -hmm. and it's so funny i know that in like six months we're gonna look back and be like wow they had no idea like they didn't even know their title like it's just uh, I love this point in Star Wars where it's 
in the Star Wars fandom where we know like literally nothing and it's just like pure speculation. It's just Mm -hmm. really fun. Everything's just so up in the air. Yeah. So I think we should just go ahead and talk about Ahsoka because we have a lot to get get through. We asked for you guys to email us your stories about what Ahsoka means to you. And we have some really, really, really great stories and emails to share. And we're going to read them out at the very end of the show. Um, So if you're not interested in that, you don't have to stick around for that. But I do recommend you do because there's some really beautiful stories that we got. Please. They are – they're so good. We've been getting them for two two weeks, a week and a half now. And it just – it warms my Star Wars heart so much. So if you want to feel good about Star Wars, then just stick around to the end to hear some of these comments and emails from some listeners who just wanted to share their love of Ahsoka and of Star Wars. Um, it'll it'll make you really happy because it's it's been making our day um, every day that they've been coming in. So thank you to everyone who sent them in. We really, we really loved getting them. Definitely. So in part one, we're going to talk about our own relationship with Ahsoka and her introduction and kind of the history around that. And in part two, we're going to be talking about what Ahsoka represents in Star Wars. And in part three, we're going to be talking about Ahsoka's legacy. And then after part three, we're going to read all of the letters and stories. So it's kind of like a secret part four, like in our last shot episode where we had a secret part four. <laughs> it's, it, it, it is, but that, now it's content, not a secret. But yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So, without further ado, let's get started. You're reckless, little one. You never would have made it as Obi-Wan's Padawan. But you might make it as mine. All right, part one, Ahsoka's introduction and our own stories. So I think one of the things that always gets brought up with Ahsoka whenever you talk about her is how she was not well-liked at all in the very beginning. So many people hated her. It was, you know, the conversation was, well, she's not around in Revenge of the Sith, so what's she doing in this in this TV series? It's, you know, it, it doesn't work. It's not going to work. It doesn't work in the storyline. Um, but there was a plan. There was a – there was a – there was a – end of the line, I think, for Ahsoka and for her story. And um, I know that Dave Filoni and George Lucas often had different ideas of how her story should end. If I'm not mistaken, George Lucas thought she should die. (laughs) And Mm -hmm. Dave Filoni was like, (laughs) maybe not. Um, but what I think is great is our stories to Ahsoka. And we, I mean, we've talked about this a number of times on the show, but since this is the Ahsoka episode, I figured we would talk about it again a little bit. Um, as you know, Charlotte and I became super obsessed with Star Wars in 2005, and 2008 is when the Clone Wars movie came out. And from the minute I saw Ahsoka, I knew I was going to love her. And in the past, you know, year or two years and kind of reflecting on why I just immediately latched on to her so much, um, I really think it is because I was such a new Star Wars fan. And since I had been a part of the Star Wars fandom, there had been no questions left unanswered for me. I came in already knowing that Vader was Luke and Leia's father because I lived in the world and everyone knew that. <laughs> and I knew I, I watched enough fan videos before I watched Revenge of the Sith to know how all of that played out. So there was never really there weren't any big lingering questions. And Ahsoka was the first character that 
I didn't know how her story ended. And for a series that was just the original six at the time that was supposed to be all said and done, I think that was really exciting as a fan, um, as a new fan coming into this series. It was definitely the draw. I think Mm -hmm. that everyone was like, Okay, so they're going to do the Clone Wars. And they had previously done the Clone Wars micro-series. So were they just remaking the micro-series? Was it going to be the same concept? And the intriguing thing, the thing that was like the clickbaity headline was, yes, Anakin had a Padawan, but like what happened to her? And for for you, it was exciting, that question mark. For me, as an Anakin Skywalker fan, I was like, what does this mean for Anakin's character? How will it deepen his fall? And I was always looking for that kind of angst. Um, and I knew that Ahsoka was going to provide that. Just somehow, wasn't sure how, but any sort of relationship that Anakin could have with like anyone else, I think um, intrigues his fall. I don't really think that maybe that was the right mindset for me to go in to thinking about Ahsoka because I think Ahsoka as a character is so powerful because she can stand on her own. She's not just to like service Anakin right? Mm -hmm. In terms of his character arc. But in a way, they are so similar that it makes Anakin's character even more interesting. And as the like, the main character and the main focus of the prequel trilogy, I find that so fascinating. You know? Oh, yeah, no, totally. What um, I think is fun is I was going through our Charlotte and I, if you guys didn't know, Charlotte lived in London for a couple of years in ninth and 10th grade when we were in high school, which is right when the Clone Wars came out. And so Charlotte and I have these atrocious chats from Gmail (laughs) that are unfortunately all saved (laughs) on Gmail. (laughs) And uh, so what this is actually a goldmine because I found one of our original chats, which is from August 12th, 2008. And Clone Wars came out on August 15th, 2008. So it's right before the movie came out. And I think it might have come out earlier in London because in the chat, you're talking about trying to download it or something like illegally. Um, (laughs) Okay, I just have to put that out there because the chat's going (laughs) to talk about me watching things illegally. This is so bad. I don't watch things illegally anymore. But in London, I did because we were so behind in terms of scheduling and like you'd get things like five months after maybe not the clone wars but i'm i think you might be right about the movie yeah so i think i think clone wars might have come out earlier in london i don't we don't really have the facts to back that up and uh so we do talk about ahsoka in this little chat which i think is I just think it's so funny. (laughs) Um, So the chat starts out with me asking, have you found the Clone Wars yet? And Charlotte goes, no. Oh, my God. Don't even get me started. (laughs) (laughs) And then she goes, people only gave it one and a half stars. And I said, well, you have to find it and send it to me. And you just said, ha, 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 ha. And I said, um, and then you said, that's what you get for George Lucas not directing it or writing it. We were so, so bitter. We were so, yeah. we were so stupid. Like. <laughs> and then you said, I know, I know I should send it to you, but people hated it, as in People magazine, but I think also like people in general. <laughs> and then I said, I don't know. I'm really interested about this Padawan and such. She intrigues me. And you said, Me too. You said, Are you going to watch the series on USA? Why did we think it was out on USA? (laughs) (laughs) Maybe it was. I don't know. That seems like so specific. I know. 
<laughs> I don't have, again, we don't have the facts. <laughs> no idea. No idea. And then I put in quotations, a quote from that I guess was in the trailer from Ahsoka that said, I want to prove I'm good enough to be your Padawan. And then Charlotte goes, Ahsoka, it's a cool name. And I said, I know. Did she die? And Charlotte goes, no. But then I suspect that's what happens in the series. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's just, it's so funny. And then in a chat a couple of days later, or I think maybe a couple of months later, we're talking about, um, I don't know, we're talking in French in the beginning of this chat. It's so, it's so dumb. But then you said, okay, let's get back to Ahsoka. And then you said, and Snips, or is it Sky Guy? And they said, I don't know. And then you said, I prefer R2E. <laughs> it's just. <laughs> and then we talk about some other random stuff and we're like, oh my God, Ahsoka is the shiz. That's what you said. And I said, I know. She rocks my socks off. <laughs> <laughs> that is 2008. That is. Right, that right there. <laughs> yeah. And uh, anyway, I'm sure that's. What? didn't matter at all but I thought it what's was funny hilarious. about that is that you were you were always so intrigued by Ahsoka as proven in that chat which honestly in those days it was kind of a little tough to get you to be as excited about some new Star Wars stuff as I was mm-hmm. and I knew that you were like really into Ahsoka anyway yeah. which was good mm-hmm. um I was always the one that was like digging around for all this information and stuff. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. Cause you, well, th- this is because th- we had decided that like you were the prequel friend and I was the original trilogy friend and you were always on like desiringhayden.net and Natalie Portman's like fan website. So you were always looking up stuff about them and that's where all of this was too. And also you were talking to me about the live action series that is still not filming yet. <laughs> In those chats, it's funny because I'm like, you're like, oh, what show is this? And I'm like, you know, this is the animated one. And then there's going to be the live action one coming in like 2009, I think. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> always gunning for the live action. So, um, so. I just another funny story is that so I have a I have a, one of my best friends um, ca- casually listens to our show. She's not that into Star Wars, but she watches the movies and she supports me. And she told me the other month, she was like, I like listening to you guys, but you guys get really deep. And sometimes you talk about this character that, like, I just don't know. Like, I think her name is, like, Ashoka, Ahsoka. I just think it's hilarious because, yeah, we do talk about Ahsoka a lot. And I'm sorry. I don't know. It's just funny. We talk about Ahsoka a lot. (laughs) It's it's funny because I feel like we talk about, like, Kylo Ren more, but... Apparently, it's Ahsoka. I don't know. What do you guys think? <laughs> Let us know. Because in our survey from a couple months ago, no one said we talk about Ahsoka too much. People said we talked about Kylo Ren too much, but they said never said anything about Ahsoka. <laughs> so another thing that I think is really funny about us really latching on to Ahsoka in the beginning, which I guess was rare, um, is that we were essentially the same age as Ahsoka. And that's not really something I realized until later I think but Mm -hmm. it was like our first time we could see our age group and ourselves like reflected in Star Wars we were you know younger and we could understand what maybe Ahsoka was going through when she was like as a Padawan learner assigned to the hero with no fear Anakin Skywalker and kind of taken out of her smaller world and put into a much larger world. And it was really cool to be able to see 
all these, all the intricacies that were discussed in the prequels and the heroes on both sides and everything through Ahsoka's eyes and learn all of this corruption, basically, and the underworld and the ways of the Jedi and even the ways of the Sith through her eyes. And it was really, really awesome to kind of be able to relate to this character who was our age. It's so weird for me that I didn't really even put that together until later, but that was definitely part of our psyche in understanding and liking Ahsoka. Mm-hmm. I think you're absolutely right because I, I don't think we would have been able to articulate or even understand that we were attracted to her story because she was a girl and she was young and she got to hang out with Anakin Skywalker all day. Um, but I don't think that that was never part of our conversations about her or about Clone Wars. Like, it's so great that she's a, a female Jedi. Like, we never said that. We were just excited to see her and to see what adventure she was going on. Yeah. And I think it was so cool that she was this awesome alien, too. Mm-hmm. Um, her being a Togruta, I think, was an awesome choice. It's something I really wish that Star Wars would do a lot more with all these new movies and all these new, you know, casts of characters. We are rarely getting aliens. And I think Ahsoka is truly and you know maybe there's something to do with the fact that she's animated and it's kind of easier to I don't know I I don't really know the psyche behind that but I do think that we need more aliens in the cast because clearly we can relate to them right and it's Mm -hmm. it and they're so cool to see it's so unique in sci-fi to have this opportunity to explore all these different characters in this way and I it's uh I I've love Ahsoka. (laughs) That's all I gotta say. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, on the alien front, that was something that Clone Wars was so good at, was incorporating aliens and different creatures in every episode. Um, You never had an episode that was all humans. Um, They were always going to a planet of a different culture and a different species, and, you know, you had these different Jedi Masters that were different species that were always popping up, and it's something, yeah, that we haven't really seen that much of. And I know a lot of people are really gunning for it, especially people who are much more interested in, like, creatures and aliens and stuff than maybe we would be um, on, from, like, a like a physical standpoint. You know what I mean? Like, obviously, mm-hmm. we love great characters, but um, I wouldn't say that we would ask for an alien for an alien's sake necessarily. Okay, let's talk about favorite Ahsoka episodes. So my favorite episode is Heroes on Both Sides, which is a really cool episode because it's one of the only episodes that we really get when Ahsoka and Padme spend a lot of time together. And it's one of those rare episodes where um, Ahsoka, we see through her eyes and we're learning so much about our like our own biases of understanding the world of Star Wars, really. And um, Padme takes her under the, under her wing and brings her to the Confederacy, um, uh, the, the banking system. It was something to do with the banking system. I'm not sure. I don't know the planet off the top of my head. But um, there, Padme kind of goes undercover and meets her friend, um, who is a separatist, Mira Bonteri. And I I think it's really cool because what Ahsoka learns there is that not all separatists are bad. And it's not, she never met anyone besides Grievous or Aventress that represented, or Dooku, basically, that represented the separatists. And her eyes are kind of opened in understanding that this other political side are people too. And I think that 
there's so much there that like Clone Wars is just so packed with like so much depth that I think is surprising for a show that was on Cartoon Network. And we've said that before and it's not, we're definitely not the first people to say that, but there's something about this episode and Ahsoka's relationship with Padme that just like warms my heart and it opens your eyes a little bit to that one line that's in the opening crawl of Revenge of the Sith. They're heroes on both sides. Evil is everywhere. Um, And it's a really cool connection. I love that episode. I think that episode was, I don't know. I feel like, I feel like my eyes opened in that episode too, you know? Yeah, because we are Ahsoka, Kayla. (laughs) As we have discussed, not five minutes prior, we are Ahsoka. (laughs) But it, it really was this fantastic moment to like peek behind the curtain because up and and that that episode is what season three, right? Um, I think so. Yeah, because she's in her she's in her second her second look. She's not in the <laughs> she's not in the tube top. Um, <laughs> Sigh. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> there's one thing I could go back and change about Ahsoka Tano. It would be her season. I mean, there's one. a couple of things that I would have would go back and change about Ahsoka. What would you um, change about Ahsoka besides her tube top? I guess you know what. I guess that's it. The tube top. <laughs> Charlotte's like, I've got a list. I, but I really don't have a list at no, all. No, I don't. <laughs> no, no list. I even I even wouldn't take back like the Sky Guy, the Artui. I think that all of those are formative no. parts of Ahsoka that she she rarely uses closer to the end of the season. It's not because those are like stupid. It's because she was younger then and now she's older. And mm-hmm. you grow out of those kind of nicknames. We um Charlotte sent me this horrible 31 31- minute video the other day that was just all Anakin and Ahsoka clips. <laughs> when Caitlin says horrible, she means I great. Mean, I mean great. <laughs> I'll put it up on our um, YouTube playlist later. Uh, actually, I think it's already there. Um, but it's fantastic. You don't think you're going to watch the whole thing, but then you watch the whole thing. And like you said, like the, those earlier moments, just watching her in the Clone Wars movie with Anakin and she's so petulant with him and they're like outrunning these droids that are shooting at them and he's like why haven't you gotten the systems loaded yet and she's like I did it and he's like well why aren't you shooting them off and she just stops in the middle of this like on fire and just looks at him with this face of like are you yelling at me and <laughs> she just like flips up her little calm communicator whatever and pushes a button and you'd think that she like walked up to her room and slammed her door like a teenager you know it's just like (laughs) it's so perfect how it's all laid out and you're so right like seeing those nicknames and stuff and when she calls him sky guy for the first time and and all the all the clones laugh at anakin and he's so embarrassed and you know he says don't get snippy with me and and then it becomes such a term of endearment later on and it's God, it's so great. <laughs> it's funny how you go from rolling your eyes in the beginning of that to like basically hard eyes anytime <laughs> Anakin says snips, anytime Ahsoka says Sky Guy, which she rarely does anymore. Um, but it's I God, I love it so much. I particularly like it when Anakin says it to Ahsoka because as we've talked about on our show before, there's something so beautiful of about how and this is Caitlin's favorite thing, so maybe I should let her say it, but <laughs> The glimpse of you, you go for it, Caitlin. Go no, for it. No, it makes me so sad. Charlotte's Charlotte's right. It's like it's it's 
particularly meaningful when when Anakin says it calls Ahsoka that nickname because it is so um, it's brotherly, it's paternal, and Ahsoka really is our opportunity to see what if um, you know, like what if Anakin had had the chance to be a father. Um, seeing him, you know, even though Ahsoka was never like four years old when she knew Anakin, she was still really young, and to see how he just adapted pretty much immediately and immediately was latched onto her and connected to her and attached. He had a very strong attachment to her pretty much from the beginning. Um, It's just, it's really special. And it's, what do we always say here? Star Wars is tragedy. And you can watch those moments and you wonder like what kind of nicknames Luke and Leia would have had um, as kids. And if Leia would have, like if Leia would have been, you know, the little Padme or something like that, you know, because it would have happened and they would have, they all just should have been one happy family. <laughs> Star Wars is tragedy. Star Wars is tragedy. Oh. But I really do think maybe the best episode with Ahsoka, and it's funny because we're focusing right now on Clone Wars just because it's her introduction, but I think that some of her most profound appearances were in Rebels. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do think her best episode is when she leaves the Jedi Order. The voice acting is perfect. Um, Everything about... It's just so emotional. It's I think it's more emotional than when she faces Vader in Rebels. I don't know. Yeah, I don't don't know. (laughs) I I, I really do because it's so... Things are so raw in that moment. Not that they're not in Rebels, but I do think that in... At that point, things are so... You think a lot about how, at that point, the Jedi Order is broken. Ahsoka realizes this. She's not welcome. Anakin feels like the Jedi Order, the only life that essentially he has been a part of for, like, 13 years at this point, um, that he's, like, forced to... I don't know. I feel like there's a lot going on. There's a lot going on there that um, Ahsoka... Everything is working against Ahsoka and Anakin right there, and... When she leaves the Jedi Order, when she gives back that Padawan braid, it is the most emotional thing ever. (laughs) I have this headcanon that Anakin keeps Ahsoka's Padawan braid with him, like, in his little Jedi tool belt all the time. I mean, I feel like that's a really good headcanon, considering Padme keeps... um, The Jafor snippet. No, Padme also keeps Anakin's, Anakin's braid in a box, too. Oh, right. It's a thing. It's a thing. <laughs> so, like, I if anyone w- were to keep Ahsoka's, quote, braid, because it's not really braid, is it? It's, like, beads. Yeah, they're, like, beads. Um, Anakin would keep them, right? Like, he has them at the end. He'd keep them forever. He has yeah. not very many possessions. He would keep that as his attachment because Anakin is a very attached person. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, and, and kind of going back to her early seasons, I mean, they're just – they're so chock full of these these fabulous moments of, like, Anakin really taking the time to – you know, they, they tease and jest with each other so much, but when it comes down to it, they're – Anakin really does want to teach her. I think he wants her to be a better version of himself, to not fall where he fell. Um, there's this great episode. I can't remember. I think it's I think it's like end of season two, beginning of season three in that time range. And Ahsoka goes out on a mission by herself. And because of her 
judgment on the situation and, you know, kind of a separatist sneak attack, she ends up losing her whole squadron and she is wrecked about it. And she comes back and Anakin like sits down with her and is basically walking her through it. Like that's the price of war. And he calls her little one and you're like, (laughs) well, (laughs) I'm emotional. (laughs) I love fatherly Anakin. Anakin is so good. I mean, it would have been it would have been amazing to have seen him as a father with with Luke and Leia. Um, but he he takes the time to sit down with her and tell her, you know, this is what's going to happen as you grow up. You're going to have to make hard calls, and sometimes they're not the right calls. Um, but you were in the in the show in the episode, she was pulled into a trap, so it wasn't entirely her fault. But then just like seeing the way they stand up for each other and their confidence in one another, like every time Ahsoka is put into a bad situation or she's trapped or she's been kidnapped or something, you know, every time she has the utmost confidence that Anakin will come for her and she's never wrong. He's always coming for her and he's always gutting for her. Like in the episode where she gets kidnapped by the bounty hunters who like put her on a planet to manhunt her to death. Really dark. (laughs) Um, So dark. (laughs) So dark. I, th- there's that great scene where Plo Koon is talking to Anakin and Anakin is so worried about Ahsoka and Plo Koon says, why is Ahsoka a good Padawan? And Anakin says, she is strong and fearless and confident. And they're just so great together. And oh my God, I love them so much. But there, there are some real gems in those early episodes of the two of them, like learning how to work with one another and having fun together too, which is something that we don't always get to see in Star Wars is the lighter side. Like sometimes I feel like we're so focused on the angst and the drama and the, you know, Star Wars is tragedy. But Anakin and Ahsoka bring so much lightness, I think, in their relationship. And then when you throw in the straight man Obi-Wan, it's just, it's amazing. (laughs) It really is. I mean, the thing that the Clone Wars did so well, and this is kind of moving away from Ahsoka, but includes Ahsoka too, is when Luke is so intrigued when he's talking to Obi-Wan in A New Hope about you fought in the Clone Wars. Um, It really gives like this like somewhat of a joyful look at like how things were as like Jedi romping across the galaxy, like saving people and everything. And of course, Clone Wars does like an amazing job of also showing that like they're fighting a war and that's not all like splendors of war at all. Um, But I do think that it did do a pretty good job of um, kind of showing how this team works together in like a fun way, Mm -hmm. um, which was so joyous as a kid show as, you know, a fun cartoon essentially. Yeah. Yeah. There's, I don't know what episode it is. Sorry. I'm going to be like a broken record on that phrase right there. I don't know what episode it is, but as uh, Anakin comes up to – they're in some kind of battle and Anakin comes up to Obi-Wan. He's like, where's Ahsoka? Like, what is she doing? And Obi-Wan says, well, she's probably like following your orders on some mercy mission or something. And Anakin's first response is, well, is she winning? Like, <laughs> Obi-Wan literally rolls his eyes and like walks away. <laughs> Well, I love um, when they have they have the competition between them over like the amount of battle droids. Yes, and it's like I think Ahsoka wins. She does, um, and it's great. <laughs> There's it's- like Anakin's like I got sixty four, and Ahsoka's like, well, I got seventy seven. <laughs> 
No, actually, Kayati Monday one. Oh my god! Yes, that's the <laughs> that's the whole kicker of the whole thing. Yeah. Is like they're like Haha, our competition, and then Kayati Monday's like, Haha, I got a hundred and five. And Obi Wan was so embarrassed when Anakin and Ahsoka were talking about about that, like their competition, and because Kayati Monday was there, <laughs> and then he's like, like master on the Jedi Council. <laughs> yeah. This is not my Jedi family. I don't know them. (laughs) Who are they? Who are they? Um, Disowning them. (laughs) But my favorite, one of my, I I actually can't pick a favorite Ahsoka episode. I think they all have their great moments. Um, But I love the Onderon arc. The Onderon arc like brings together all of my favorite parts of Star Wars. Um, like you've got the Clone Wars training, you've got Rebels crossover, you've got Rogue One crossover, you've got Anakin and Ahsoka, you've got Ahsoka and Lux. Like, listen, I'm just gonna say I love Lux and Ahsoka. I was totally a Luxoka shipper. Honestly, you're I just, like you're like the five there's there's like five of you. I swear. There, yeah, there are no Luxoka shippers. It's fine. I'm fine with that. I just Honestly, all I want is for Ahsoka to be happy. That's really what I want. <laughs> um, but I, I I think I loved what he represented. I think it could have been anyone, honestly. But I think it was really interesting how it was someone who was a quote-unquote separatist and who she got to know as a person and formed a friendship with. And maybe she started to feel something more for him in those moments that she couldn't explain and there's that great moment when Anakin realizes that she has feelings for Lux and they're on a hologram. He's not even there. And she's like, I'm finding it really hard to fo- to focus. <laughs> and Anakin's like, I know. And you just got to work through it. And Ahsoka's like, you do? He's like, yeah, you'll get there. I completely forgot about that. And oh, God. It's, it's I'm like great- blushing. It's, <laughs> <laughs> it's a great moment because you – you realize it's like it's such a good moment between them, but there's so much that he's keeping from her too. Um, I know that's really the crux of their entire, or like the problem with their relationship, is yeah. that as as most Skywalker relationships, um, <laughs> communication is just not the key, and for them, they don't understand how to do it, and only if they communicated a little bit more things would be easier. Like at the very end when Ahsoka leaves the temple, you know, Anakin's like, I understand wanting to leave the order. And Ahsoka says, I know. And it's like at that moment, Anakin's like stunned by that because he's like, wait, what? You know, essentially inside him, he's like, how does she know that? Man, she knows me so well. What does she know? What has she seen? If only we could have talked about this together and and now it's too late. Mm Mm-hmm. Also, just a side note, Charlotte didn't watch this episode until like <laughs> two weeks after it came out. And I was livid. <laughs> I'm like hiding into my shirt right now because – and I don't know how I've avoided spoilers either. I don't know that, how you but did, but I was so mad at you. I was so, so emotional. You were like, oh, I'm going to watch it. Don't worry. I'm like, because <laughs> I knew there was this Padme potential in this episode. I was like, oh my God. <laughs> and Caitlin, Miss I Don't Talk About Spoilers, was like, you're going to like it, but I'm not going to tell you. We need to talk about it, but you're being <laughs> stupid. 
So great. It it took you so long to watch this episode. And you weren't even – it wasn't like you were on vacation. I don't know what was going on. You weren't like in school or something. I was in school. It was in college. I don't care. It's a 22-minute episode. You could have made time. (laughs) I know. (laughs) Anyway. um, But yeah, I love the Onderon arc. Um, I love seeing – it's like – it's a great moment because it really is when Ahsoka is standing up for herself for the first time because Anakin and Obi-Wan leave her on Onderon to finish the training. They trust her enough to have that level of responsibility for herself. Mm-hmm. And I think that's I think that's really cool. But she and the great thing about Ahsoka is that she still knows when she needed help. Um and she knew that she was struggling and she reached out to her master. For help. Ahsoka understands that communication is key. Anakin doesn't understand that communication is key. No. Ahsoka took all of the best parts of Anakin and, like, but then grew, she grew beyond him um, because she can do that and Anakin can't. So. Another episode I really like, I really like the Zygerian arc. I think Ahsoka really learns a lot about Anakin and there's, like, great parallels throughout that into the original trilogy. It's such a good arc. Um, but an episode I watched the other day that like piqued my interest in one that, you know, I haven't really returned to that much was when Ahsoka is sent to Mandalore to help Satine and train like a group of um, cadets, I think. And they like uncover a plot in the black market and it gets really deep. And there's like, she was actually sent there in hopes that she would uncover this black market plot and it gets really complicated. And that was another example of Ahsoka like being alone and she was really frustrated that she wasn't out fighting in the war and she, she should be with Anakin and she was annoyed that she was in Mandalore, but really she found a sense of purpose in helping these kids kind of realize their potential in uncovering a plot and, um, uncovering some corrupt corruption in their own government. And it was one of those moments where Ahsoka has a really great speech in it about talking about how it's up to you, the citizens, to question your own um, authority. And if you're not questioning everything, then what's the point? And it's like, if only really the entire prequels kind of came to that understanding, then maybe we wouldn't have the mess that is the empire because (laughs) people, more people needed to be questioning their own authority. And it was people like Padme and Bale who were questioning things, but it was a little too late at that point. Mm -hmm. Um, I forgot all about that episode. It's a really good one. I really highly recommend rewatching. Yeah, I have very little memory of that one. I was going to say one of the other ones I really love is the Cad Bane holocron episodes. Yes. Um, oh my gosh, those were so those good. So, I remember like vividly two. watching those together. Yeah. 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 And it's uh, Ahsoka's in like her her jumpsuit or her like snowsuit. I don't know. She's in like a one piece, like long johns. <laughs> <laughs> um, but there's like that moment when she's in the arrow lock and Cad Bane's like, <laughs> and oh, because the the holocron has the list of baby Jedi. Baby, yes. baby force users. And so Cad Bane's going to sell it to the highest bidder, i.e. Sidious. Um, yeah, and Anakin is like, I can't let you die, Ahsoka. And you're like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh. <laughs> we live for that emotion. <laughs> we live for it so much. <laughs> um, 
yeah, the the holocron one is really good. I really I really want to go back and rewatch that episode you were just talking about. Do you remember what it's called? So it's called The Academy, and it is season three, episode six. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's really good. Also, a really a randomly fun episode was Lightsaber Lost. Remember that one? <laughs> yeah. She's in the library. And she's like, "Ugh, this is the worst." <laughs> I actually just watched that last night. Oh, did you? Did you? I did. <laughs> you did. You did. You did. <laughs> um, I think we should start. I, I'm like itching to talk about Anakin and Ahsoka and their like everything. As, so. as if we haven't been talking about Anakin and Ahsoka. Let's move on to part two. I believed in you. I stood by you. I know you believe in me, Anakin, and I'm grateful for that. But this isn't about you. I can't stay here any longer. Not now. The Jedi Order is your life. You can't just throw it away like this. Ahsoka, you are making a mistake. Maybe. But I have to sort this out on my own. Without the Council. And without you. I understand. More than you realize, I understand. Wanting to walk away from the order. I know. So in part two, we're going to be discussing what she represents in Star Wars, like, mythos. Um, something I thought was really, really cool was on Wednesday, Dave Filoni was on the Star Wars show. It's a really great interview if you guys haven't catch, caught it yet. Um, but Dave described Ahsoka as Anakin adjacent. And Obviously, for the past, like, 20 minutes, we've been talking about Anakin and Ahsoka's relationship. But what do we think? I, it's it's stuck with me. It's Friday now, and now it's it's two days have gone by, and I'm still thinking about the phrase Anakin adjacent. And I think there's, like, there's so much that they have in common. Um, what are your initial thoughts to that, Caitlin? Yeah, I, I like how you've really picked up on this um, phrase. It is such an interesting like vocabulary around their relationship, Anakin adjacent. Also, I feel like everything Dave Filoni says, I just want to like breathe in and like commit to memory. (laughs) (laughs) Me too. Um, But it is really interesting because I I think you can take it in a couple of different ways. Like Anakin adjacent, I think from like a timeline standpoint, she's like physically within his timeline. Um, And Anakin's always someone – like that was part of the Clone Wars was getting to know Anakin and Obi-Wan more and getting to see their relationship more because we didn't get that time in Attack of the Clones and Revenge of the Sith um, and really getting to understand them more too and, and how Ahsoka is a conduit for that. But then also she is Anakin adjacent because she kind of becomes like a tiny Anakin. Um, <laughs> she takes on a lot of his personality traits um, and his – but his best qualities really. She, she really does take on his – his loyalty and his confidence and she becomes her own hero with no fear, which I think is really cool. Well, wow. I I love that you just compared Ahsoka and like put her under the hero with no fear thing because the whole hero with no fear um, title for Anakin was always just so ironic because Anakin was so filled with fear. He was always worrying and Ahsoka actually embodies that in a really big way. Um, I read an article today, actually, that described Ahsoka as Anakin's foil, and I'm not sure that I would go as far to say foil, 
Um, I don't think Ahsoka is the opposite of Anakin, but I do think that their paths um, split in obviously closer to Revenge of the Sith. And not just like their their physical paths, but their character arcs as well. I think Ahsoka makes the choice that Anakin always wanted to. and It's the choice Anakin should have made. Yeah. In the back of his mind, he always knew he should have done that. Um, and in a way, he did kind of do that. You know, Ahsoka leaves and decides to sort things out on her own. I, th- I forget the exact terminology, the words that she used to leave. What do you remember, I think Caitlin? She says, I have, she says that. She says, I have to sort this out on my own, away from the council and away from you. Away from you. And it's funny because Anakin kind of does the same thing in Revenge of the Sith, right? He decides to sort things out on his own. Because no one will help him with his dreams in Revenge of the Sith. And it, it, except for one person, Palpatine. Yeah, it was like, that's not entirely true. Yeah. Palpatine. <laughs> yeah, but like, it's away from the Jedi Council. He should have followed Ahsoka's path, but instead thinks that he's being independent when he really isn't at all. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and Obviously, Anakin is responsible for his own actions, but he goes about this whole thing completely wrong. (laughs) And if only he had remembered what Ahsoka had done. And what's interesting is that when when we're about to get more Clone Wars next year, I wonder how (laughs) they're going to end that. Because you wonder if Anakin thinks that Ahsoka died during Order 66 or did Ahsoka die um before that did ahsoka die in these 12 episodes that anakin thought i don't know you know what i mean that would be crazy if if the last episode of these new series ends with anakin thinking that ahsoka has died it completely puts him in a different framework to going into revenge of the sith because he's already he believes that ahsoka is dead and now padme is dying in his visions too Yep. Wow. So he's oh losing God. everyone around him. Oh my God. I love yeah. that. I love that, but I love it. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Star Wars. <laughs> well, I mean, that was always the thing. Like when we saw Ahsoka, we were like, oh, she's going to die because it yeah. does kind of fit into Anakin's thought process in Revenge of the Sith, where there he has no one around him. Mm-hmm. And if Anakin could locate Ahsoka as they clearly have in this new trailer for the rest of Clone Wars. Maybe he could have sought help from Ahsoka. I don't know. But he clearly doesn't go that route. Wow. Uh, That's going to hurt. I know. (laughs) Um, I had a – when you were talking a a little bit before this part of the conversation about, you know – Anakin should have taken – Anakin should have followed Ahsoka. And I think that's just so interesting because Padawans are taught to follow their master's orders. And Ahsoka grew up following – mostly following Anakin's orders and and Obi-Wan's orders as well. And, you know, mirroring all of his best traits back to him. Um, His recklessness, yes, but also his strength and his loyalty too. Um, But when the the time came – she should he should have followed her lead in this um and i think we we kind of see that too like in this equal trilogy like luke should have listened to ray instead of like blocking her out when she first came to the island you know um i don't know i i just think it's interesting how how you're right their paths did split and and in the end it should have been the master following the student 
It is. It really like leads me to my next question of like, is Ahsoka really the perfect Star Wars character? This, this is what I was thinking too. I was like, what? I think we. I don't think we've ever talked about this, but like, what are Ahsoka's weaknesses? Where where are her faults as a character? Um. She's she can't be perfect. She's not perfect. She's not. I mean, she had so much to learn, and she, she had yeah. The, the thing is that as it stands, as I know Ahsoka right now, I don't think that she has a lot of weaknesses because she has really grown beyond. Right in the beginning, I think she had so many, so much weakness. She was yeah. reckless. She was fearless. That's not good. She um she went headfirst into things without thinking and made mistakes, and I think clearly at this point later she has learned and become a much better person away from the jedi away from everything that came before um to a point where ahsoka now is like a an obi-wan figure um for for the rebels crew um she is represents the other but like this uh clairvoyance really into an understanding of how the galaxy works and how it used to work and um i don't know if she necessarily has a lot of weakness but she definitely did <laughs> do you know what i mean yeah well yeah she totally did but what what i keep thinking about is how you know the last jedi shows us that you still fail as yeah. you get older. It's not like a one and done kind of thing. It's not like once she hit 18, she was free of making mistakes. Mm-hmm. Um, I think oh, it's interesting because like the pockets we've seen of her, like you said, like what we know of Ahsoka now, we don't, we haven't seen a lot of her weaknesses. Like her low moment was being expelled from the Jedi order. And, you know, I think we both need to go back and reread the Ahsoka novel um, because I'm sure there are some moments in there that would have illuminated this part of the conversation a little bit more. But, you know, in Rebels, it's not her story. And so when she enters into the Rebels, into like Kanan and Ezra's storyline, she really is coming in as a mentor figure, as like a wise person from the Clone Wars period. She's not coming in as like we're not furthering her emotional development in Rebels. Um, obviously, we further her story, and you know she finds out about Vader, and, and there's some—I don't want to say conflict, but sorrow, I guess there. But we're not really seeing her change a lot. Um, we're not seeing her learn a lot in these moments that would like change her as a person, like we did in the beginning of Clone Wars, because that's not her role here. Um, But as a mentor, you know, all of our mentors up to this point have had really big flaws. Like Obi-Wan to Luke had a big flaw. Luke to Rey was flawed. Even Obi-Wan to Anakin had flaws in his teaching of Anakin too. But it's it's interesting how we don't really see that with Ahsoka. And I think part of it is because she stepped away from the Jedi. Um, She knew when it was time to change course and to let go of this part of her life. I do think that maybe if underneath the weakness category for Ahsoka, you could say that her weakness was that she was, um, she couldn't kill Vader and that she wouldn't leave him. Um, I don't know if that's necessarily a weakness, but I don't, and clearly Ezra saved her um, in the world between worlds, but I, that wasn't the best move because she would she would have died there right yeah but i i don't think it's not that she wouldn't kill vader because she says 
um, she says she'll avenge Anakin's death mm-hmm. when Vader says he destroyed Anakin. And she says, I'll avenge his death, which seems like intent to kill to me. <laughs> um, but she says she won't leave him. And I guess it, I guess she has like created, I don't know, she's like created this attachment to him too. Whereas it was like once she found out that he was, he had become Vader, it was kind of like the, the earth shifting beneath her feet kind of moment. You know, it really like the rug was pulled out from under her. But I feel like she recovered fairly well, all things considered. Um, but I, yeah, yeah, I think you're. I don't know if I would call it weakness, but it is interesting how she was that like Anakin meant enough to her that she was willing to like be done with Fulcrum, be done with the rebellion for like this moment here on Malakor. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that's a weakness that that, or if that was a mistake. Or if uh-huh. she even really thought that it would be the both the, – you know, Malachor was like crumbling been underneath them and around them. Maybe she thought this was the end for Vader as well. And clearly as the audience, we know that this isn't the end for Vader. But maybe at that point she did, that they would both die there together. But – I think I think that's what she – Yeah. So, so – Her killing him or the temple caving in on them. So therefore, she thought that she was like sacrificing herself for a greater good, um, which again like rises above like the fulcrum, um, wh- whatever she was doing before. But I do think that there's you're, you're hitting on something there that Ahsoka did have like a very strong attachment to Anakin, and it took like a leap and a bound for her to understand that Anakin was now Vader, and um, her seeing that like representation of Anakin underneath the mask when that mask was split in two um, kind of confirmed that for her. It was like shocking and horrifying that these two people, these two figures could be one person. Mm. Wow. We were watching that in my parents' (laughs) guest room. Do you remember? Yeah, I do. And and we like freaked the freak out. That was, it was crazy. I think (laughs) we screamed. Yeah. When Matt Lanter's voice popped up, we were we were we were gone. We were like, oh, that's Matt Lanter. <laughs> it, it wasn't quite that calm. <laughs> I think in general though, because now Ahsoka has lived beyond that last moment on Malachor and appears at the end of Rebels, I think for me, Ahsoka is so representative of someone who can um rise above continuously and I I think there's something so beautiful about the fact that she has lived throughout all these different events and hasn't needed to die right um Mm -hmm. just because like a series is over yeah Um, yeah exactly and I hope that they kind of mimic this in with like Leia um, in episode nine, I think that there is like potential for that to happen. Leia maybe doesn't need to die in nine as, as we kind of theorized before. And it's just been shown that in, in animation that not just because the series is ending and we're coming up against this like huge galactic event that we're all aware of that necessarily <laughs> the characters need to die. And I think there's something so awesome about that. And I think that a lot of people talk about like, oh, Dave is just so protective of Ahsoka and like she he can't kill her. But I don't know how long Togruta live. We have no idea. 
<laughs> what if her lifespan is like 40 years and she's like on her way out? <laughs> what if her lifespan is 400 years and this is just the beginning? My God. Um, <laughs> Ahsoka, yeah, it's, it's, it's not the Skywalker trilogy anymore, the saga anymore. It's, now it's going to be Ahsoka. The Ahsoka Chronicles. Um, I'd be down. Uh, yeah, I'd be very down. I think it's <laughs> you know, you're talking about her throughout the living throughout the original trilogy, and you know, of course, now we start asking all these questions of like, what is she doing? And and then when you talk about you know some of the criticism on Ahsoka is that she is like Dave's child in the Star Wars universe, and he is super protective of her. And I think yeah, I think that's a good argument to make. Like obviously, he has a bias towards her. He's very protective of any content that comes out about her. I was watching this interview he had done a couple months ago, actually, where he was talking about his involvement in kind of. Um, extra content that comes out about his characters or other characters. And he was, he brought up the example of the Ahsoka book and he was like, no one's going to do Ahsoka content without my stamp of approval. And like, I have de facto, um, like ability to veto certain, you know, storylines or choices with her character because I'm so intimately involved in her development and I know like where things are going for her or where they're not going for her. And he and he said like the same is true for Rebels characters too. But I think in particular he has such an attachment to Ahsoka because he one that was the major character that he got to create with George Lucas and Dave is always so complimentary of his time that he spent on the Clone Wars with George Lucas and then also too he has such a close relationship with Ashley Eckstein too um they talk all the time about Ashley talks all the time about how Dave is her Jedi master and like he's just taught her so much about like the animation world and you know has been such like a good friend to her too so I think it's it's kind of all of those things together but I also don't think and Dave has said this a couple of times too that he he's very careful about the stories he tells to make sure that it's not just like for the fans that there is a purpose behind the stories that he's telling and and why a character like Ahsoka gets to you know exist throughout the entire from you know from the fan from you know four or five years before Attack of the Clones all the way up to Return of the Jedi that's insane. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but also when you were talking um, just a little bit ago, I was thinking too about how now at this point at the end of Rebels, Ahsoka is the only person that knows Anakin, yep. um, that knew him and throughout the original trilogy too because Bale is gone, Luke and uh, – or Owen and Beru are gone, Obi-Wan is gone, um, all of these people who – knew who Anakin was and Ahsoka is probably the only one among those people that I don't know still probably still has hope for him um because I think Bale and Bale Bale knows right yes okay yes I I feel like we've asked this question before on the show it's one of those like Star Wars facts that just always like leaves my head um Bale knows and it is in Bloodline it is in Leia Prince of Aldon it is very all right well don't give me the all the details I'm forgetting (laughs) (laughs) here are the 17 places where it's listed (laughs) um but I don't think Bale or Obi-Wan would have any kind of hope that Anakin was still there I mean Obi-Wan explicitly says like Darth Vader killed your father um, he doesn't see any correlation between the two. 
But Ahsoka, Ahsoka saw Anakin's face behind that mask. Like she knows that Anakin is still there, and I think she still ha- holds this like love for him as her master that she's carried with her now through the original trilogy. And you just you have to wonder. Did she ever like what was she doing? Like, does she ever meet Luke and tell him about Anakin from her perspective? Um, not from Obi-Wan's perspective as Anakin's master, but from someone who actually looked up to Anakin, like how Luke idolized his own father in his childhood. You know, I don't know. Those are the questions I want answered. <laughs> I know. Me too. There's a lot of questions about Ahsoka that still need to be answered. That's the great mm-hmm. thing about Ahsoka is that because she runs up so close to the movies that we know best, um, she can fit in and she knows the characters that we know best. She can fit in and like fit her way into these storylines in a really meaningful way um, and stuff that would like delight us as fans of Ahsoka. Mm-hmm. I wrote this little fanfic the other day about Ahsoka um, talking to Leia about Ben. It was like so emotional. <laughs> so good. It was. It was not. A, it's not a good fic, but it was like in my head. I was like, "Oh my god, it's so it's so angsty." <laughs> the angst. The angst is real. <laughs> Any other themes that she represents in Star Wars? I think she represents like persistence and uh you know being okay to take the path less traveled okay robert frost <laughs> <laughs> no but it's true she does, though. she does and this is this you'll see this come up in our in our letters from listeners at the end um actually quite a bit so i think clearly at least from the the small the sampling that we have that seems to really be a really big part of her pool and her inspiration on people's lives honestly agreed she's kind of like i don't know she's kind of like she's she's balanced yeah see that's the crazy thing about ahsoka and i know people don't like to use the term gray jedi right Mm -hmm. but ahsoka represents maybe not necessarily the middle but ahsoka is someone who like embodies all the traits of the Jedi and understanding the flaws of the system of the Jedi and like represents the light side of the force. Um, I think there's something really interesting about the fact that her original name was going to be Ashla, which is in old EU in legends, the embodiment of the light side of the force. And it that has even been used in new Canon as well. Um, and I think, and I could be wrong about this. It's been a while in the Ahsoka novel, her code name was Ashla as well, which is like a nice little nod. And it's because of that. I think that Ahsoka really represents the light side of the force in general. Um, she represents good. She represents the balance, um, a balance, maybe not the balance, but, uh, that's being saved. <laughs> yeah. Because as we know, the force is unbalanced. Um, I think that she, represents the good and how as we just talked about how the the path that Anakin should have taken um if only he had taken that path because Ahsoka you know can see the longest form of the future um Mm -hmm. because of the path that she took Mm mm-hmm yeah, I think it's it's interesting too when you take into consideration like Yoda's line to Luke in The Last Jedi when he says, you know, you're always looking to the horizon, you're never living 
in the moment. Mm-hmm. And I think Ahsoka was able to do that really well. Yeah. Um, and what you said too, like Ahsoka has taken all of the – she has inherited all of the goodness from the Jedi philosophy that's in the foundation of the Jedi, but has – in that moment at the end of Clone Wars was able to recognize the flaws in the organization of the Jedi and in the system that it had become and to walk away from it. And she was able to be really level-headed about that decision for as hard as it was. It was like, yes, I still respect you as my master, but no, this is not the place for me now. Um, And that's that's super brave. (laughs) Uh, But she also, I mean, I think you're right. She is this really good depiction of the light side but then she all i mean she does have darkness in her i mean i think like vader says it best when she says she's gonna avenge anakin he said that's not the jedi way she's like well i'm not a jedi i'm no jedi i'm no jedi and it's just such a mic drop moment too and she has some real fierceness in that moment there um, we don't really see it come out very often, and I think perhaps, you know, that goes back to her being more solidly on the light side um, and being just a conduit of the Force in the galaxy. Yeah, I think that even her friendship with um, the uh, owl version of the daughter in um, – The convoy. Yeah, the convoy. Thank you. Um, I I think that – you always know that Ahsoka yeah. is going to make the right choice um, and choose the good. You never really doubt that in her, you know? Mm-hmm. You, yeah. You're rooting for her. And in a way, I hope that Ray kind of um, mirrors this. And I think she already does because you do have confidence that Ray is going to always choose the good and want the best. Um, but Ahsoka has embodied that for years, and it's really great. <laughs> I think I think that's a good comparison between the two because Rey and Ahsoka, like you said, they're always choosing the good, but they have a like a bigger they have a capability to like see the bigger picture of good. Exactly. Um, where like that moment in the world between worlds when Ahsoka is telling Ezra like he can't save it. It's a bad idea for him to save Kanan. Like, I think a lot of characters would be in that moment and be like, no, it's a good thing to save Kanan. And Ahsoka has the the foresight and the knowledge to say, no, that's not what this moment is for. Mm-hmm. And I think then this – so I think some people might not call that good um, characters, might not call that a good moment um, or a good choice necessarily. Like, Hera wouldn't have called that a good choice, I think. Not immediately anyway. Um, I think she – I think Hera would have obviously later on seen the – that that the was fact the right that decision. he was like sacrificing himself to save. Yeah, yeah. I think, but like in her grief, she would have yeah, immediately agreed. like saved him. I guess is what I'm trying to say. And then with Ray too, like with the whole Kylo thing, like Luke tells her you can't save him. I don't think Finn, Poe, none of them would think that it was a good idea for Ray to go to Kylo on the supremacy. But Ray knows that Kylo is their only hope, as she says, and that like he there there is hope for him and therefore there's hope for the resistance and it's a good thing to reach out to someone um and try to pull them back essentially wow that's gets very literal with ezra and ahsoka right yeah yes (laughs) literally reaching out to pull them back Mm -hmm. yeah um let's talk about her legacy anakin skywalker was weak 
I destroyed him. Then I will avenge his death. Revenge is not the Jedi way. I am no Jedi. Part three, legacy and Ahsoka's future. Uh, we kind of touched on this in the last part, but there are for as <laughs> if you guys know anything about the history of Ahsoka, you'll know that what was it two years ago at one of the celebrations, um, Dave Filoni had a shirt on during a Rebels panel that said Ahsoka lives question mark. And it was, you know, just it was like Dave Filoni trolling the fans as he loves to do, I think, with his clothing choices. <laughs> and uh, anyway, they showed an episode of the new season of Rebels. And then when Dave Filoni came back out onto the stage, he had changed his shirt from Ahsoka Lives question mark to Ahsoka Lives exclamation point. And it was so funny because this was at Celebration Orlando and I was in that panel and to hear the crowd like start to realize what Dave Filoni's shirt said, <laughs> I think was like such a fun moment because it happened in like a wave <laughs> across, across the crowd. It was like, oh my, <gasps> Ahsoka. You just like started hearing all these whispers of Ahsoka's name. It was, it was great. It was great. Um, but it was, isn't that crazy how like that kind of speculation comes just from a punctuation mark? It's like, that's all you need. But like, there are like whole marketing teams devoted to this kind of stuff. But Dave's like, I'm going to put some duct tape over my question mark and make it an exclamation point. <laughs> and uh, that's going to be all I need to do. <laughs> it's so great. It's so meaningful. Not because like we didn't really know what happened to Ahsoka. Because we didn't know what happened to Ahsoka really. Like we could have guessed. We thought that maybe that was her ending. But maybe it's not. Right. Um mm -hmm. But it really shows a devotion to the history of this character and how long we've – at this point, it, it was like we had been with Ahsoka for almost nine years and seen her grow and change. And the very prospect of her being alive and coming back in future stories was, like, enough to, like, ignite the fandom in happiness. Mm -hmm. And I think there's really something there. You know, we started the show, we're talking about how – we first came to understand Ahsoka and see her and watch her and how we were the same age as Ahsoka. And I think there's something about how Ahsoka is still around that. And, and so are we, that's just so exciting. We, Ahsoka is us at this point and the fact that she can remain in future stories and we can also enjoy these future stories. I don't know, maybe I'm getting a little too philosophical, but I really feel like it's meaningful and as a you know a female fan it is just really exciting that she continues to be around. It's this other woman running around doing stuff for the galaxy. Saving the galaxy from behind the scenes essentially. Yes. I think it's it's just really great that her story doesn't have to be meaningful because she died. Mm -hmm. And I think it's cool that she can live because, I mean, these stories, especially Star Wars, they're, it's such milestones, weirdly, of when these characters die. Um, and it's always in, like, such dramatic, tragic fashion because, you know, Star Wars is tragedy. <laughs> um, but, like, 
you know, Padme dying, it's such a monumental moment in Revenge of the Sith and Obi-Wan dying is such a catalyst in A New Hope and then so on and so forth with Vader and Palpatine and, and Han and and Luke. Like, they're all these huge moments and they and the deaths end up, like, capping off their lives and it's like, then the story is over. And that doesn't have to be the case. Like, I think I think you can have the argument and even the opinion that Ahsoka could have died should have died earlier. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe she should have died in Clone Wars and maybe she should have actually died on Malachor or maybe they should have just left it ambiguous, you know, for, you know, 10 years until they picked it back up again. Um, but I think it's it's fun, especially like in this era where we're getting a lot of animation, um, both through Clone Wars and the success of Rebels and then Resistance, like even before we knew that Clone Wars was coming back, that there's still this character out there who – has a connection who is still considered Anakin adjacent. You know, like she's still this representation of everything that came before and the knowledge that she carries with her is something that can be really useful and interesting should she come into contact with any more of our characters. And I think that's like so intriguing and I think it's awesome that the possibility is there. Um, Even if it never, like, do I think that there's ever going to be canon content of Ahsoka talking to Luke circa Empire Strikes Back? Probably not. But the fact that, like, there's that possibility, I think, is really fun. Agreed. I do think that there's a possibility. And I feel like all everything is open because we got Maul in Solo. This is true. This is very true. <laughs> I really think that there's a possibility that Ahsoka could come back in a film. And um, I say this because I'm about to read a quote from Dave Filoni. Filoni said he does not want Ahsoka thought of as an animated character, but rather as a Star Wars character who can exist in all forms of media. So that was said in 2016 at the Ahsoka Untold Tales panel. And I just so feel you're like, telling me that J.J. Abrams is going to put Ahsoka Tano in his movie? No, I'm not. But I am saying that J.J. Abrams was at the premiere of the Clone Wars film in 2008 in Hollywood. <laughs> he brought his sons, and his sons were very excited about Anakin. So, so true. I am just saying that there is a possibility. And I really think that all bets are off. Anything can happen because potentially they were having this conversation in 2016 when Dave, right before Dave went on stage there. You just never know with Star Wars anymore. I feel like. Stop it. You just really never know. Yeah. Oh, wow. Okay. Do you think JJ and Dave are like good friends? No. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't think so either. I was thinking that like Ryan and Dave were probably better friends, but I don't know. I think that Dave is probably visit has visited set. I mean, I don't know anything at at all, but I think that Dave has probably spent like three days on set in London Mm -hmm. and um, gives notes to like story group or the opposite happens. Right. I'm sure that happens that like. I'm sure that when the directors of the sequel trilogy like present their scripts to story group, I bet Dave is there. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I feel like it would make sense. But I think so too. I really do think that at this point we have a character who has survived throughout. We know that she has lived beyond the original trilogy. I think there's a potential. Maybe – okay, hear me out. This is my crazy theory. Ooh, yes. Okay. So we get a basically like a ghost reunion, right? of in in episode nine um it's very mulan it's very you know confrontation. Wait, 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 wait you think wait we're gonna have like a like an anakin ghost luke ghost ahsoka obi-wan yoda ghost yes. all together 
Yes, and Ahsoka. Oh my god. Okay. And at that point, we're like, holy cow! How did Ahsoka die? Like, what is that point in the story? Because obviously, we're all wondering it. But like, oh. we walk out of episode nine, and we're like, whoa. How did that even happen? In the same way, not really the same way, because we all totally understood what was happening with Maul and why he was there. But like, as Clone Wars fans and Rebels fans, we we get that form of the story. But I do think that there's going to be a push for these characters to exist on the same plane. It's very important to both you and I, too, that this happens, mm-hmm. right? Um, yes. that, it, that canon continues this way. And I think what a what better way than I know we're not going to get a Padme ghost because that's not possible. Mm-hmm. What better way to kind of represent all aspects of the saga than have Ahsoka a part of this like ghost situation that will happen in nine if it happens. Wow. <laughs> How will the theater be if we do that? That's, because like, quite I think- the, that's like quite the ghost party. <laughs> I think that I know it really is, and which makes me think that it's not going to happen. But I do think that if Ahsoka was with Anakin and there was like Obi Wan there or something, um, the audience would be less confused because they would be if they hadn't seen Clone Wars and didn't know anything about Ahsoka as a character, they would be like, "Oh, she's just another part of this Jedi because it's like this Jedi like ghost reunion." You know what I mean? It, there's already, like, context to the ghosts. Yeah. I have such, like, mixed feelings about all of the, the Force ghosts potential in Episode Nine, So I won't get into it here. But I – Personally, if, I do as well. I, I do I, too. Yeah. But I really like what you said about, like, if Episode Nine confirms that Ahsoka does die and she's at least dead by the time that, you know, The Force Awakens or Episode 9 happens and then we're, like, filling in from the back there, I think would be, like, a really fun, like, almost like a plot twist on her timeline as we've seen thus far. Agreed. I think it would be really cool. Yeah, I think that's really interesting. Um. Anyway, that's my theory about Ahsoka, but I do think that there's this, to summarize that, I don't think that that'll necessarily happen. I think it would be really cool if it did. I think that there's potential. Maybe Ahsoka will show up in Resistance. Um, mm-hmm. but then again, it's like she deserves to not just be an animated character. Yeah, yeah, that's the thing. Although I think she, I would love to see how she would look in Resistance style animation. I, I mean, I'm always here for new art. Yeah, I mean, always here for more Ahsoka content. Yeah, I think it's interesting. I wonder. I wish there was a way for like there to be some kind of like shout out to her in Episode Nine or something that. I don't know, like, what if they mentioned, like, Fulcrum or something like that, and it was, like, started by an ex-Jedi or something? You know, like, that would be interesting. Totally. And I think that would be – I'd be so excited about even that mention. That Mm -hmm. would link Ahsoka in, honestly, the smallest way. Um, But I do think – That's something that I think is more realistic. Yeah, me too. I'm so with you. I think that even Luke's mention of Sidious – was awesome in Mm -hmm. the last jedi and his like basic summary of the prequels like there could be something else like that and i think that luke has already done that but i think there there could be more discussion of that as the trilogy comes to a close Mm -hmm, definitely i am also here rosario dawson talked about on good morning america i think it was or today's show last year how she would love to play ahsoka in a live action series or movie i 
would die. I would die too. I think that the more, really, I just think the more Ahsoka content and the more voices we lend to Ahsoka and like how she could potentially be a, like a pastiche of all these different um, forms of the character and also a like just, I don't know. I feel like we could just get so much uh, out of this character since there's so much we don't know. Um, I don't know. I want it. I want it bad. <laughs> I think you're right. I think you're, you've hit the nail on the head, as it were. But, I mean, I just, she represents so much. And I think it's really hard to kind of succinctly talk about her in a meaningful way. Because at this point, as we've kind of extrapolated on here, she's just, she's done so much. And she's seen so much at this point. Do you think that Ahsoka means so much to you because she allowed you a greater understanding of, honestly, Star Wars as a whole? I think so, probably. I think it's it's all so it's all so tied together, you know. And um, we've talked about this a little bit, like with Clone Wars coming back, but you know, this was our first thing to really dive into together. Um, as far as Star Wars. So that's very nostalgic for both of us, I think. And two, watching her, again, her being this, like, question mark of a character for me, for both of us, but, like, the first character I really had like that. And then, two, like, just getting to know, like, watching all the behind-the-scenes featurettes and, like, hearing Dave Filoni talk about Star Wars the way he talked about it. And he talked a lot about Ahsoka because that's a really important character to him, too. So I think it was, like, all kind of meshed together in that like 2008 to 2012 time period, you know, um, where that was our Star Wars. I agree. I also, I think it's worth mentioning that a big reason why I love Ahsoka is because of Ashley Eckstein. I think mm-hmm. that my love of the character, I think it would still be there, but I think what Ashley brings to, she's so devoted to Ahsoka and she has done so much to enrich my love of Ahsoka, the Clone Wars fandom, Star Wars fandom as a whole, with everything with her universe. I don't really want to get into it, but I feel like all of that, it's all combined for me um, in yeah. this, like, as you mentioned, this nostalgic period between 2008 and 2012 of really finding our place in fandom. Mm-hmm. And a lot of that had to do with Ashley Eckstein in her universe and Ahsoka, yeah, I think I, – I don't think – we haven't talked enough about Ashley Eckstein, but I think you're right because it was like when we first started Clone Wars, it was like Anakin was your character and like Ahsoka was mine. Mm-hmm. We were like – Charlie and I like love to like divide things up that way. Like, okay, Kinda this weird. is your love. This is my love. <laughs> there we go, you know. <laughs> um, but I think you're right. Like Ashley Eckstein was like the jumping point, I think, for you having a much greater love for Ahsoka. Um not even greater, but just, like, more vocal about it. Yeah. And then on top of that, too, like you said, like, Ashley Ashley really was this, like, all the work she did with her universe, how vocal and passionate she was about Ahsoka and about Star Wars. I think it really did help us to, like, move our fandom out of the internet and into real life mm-hmm. um, more. And I think that's great. Like, I, I really – I don't think you and I will probably ever really understand, like – how much it meant to us as 15 year olds, like be able to buy a shirt with like Padme on it. Yeah. That was like made for girls. <laughs> I know it was, then- I remember it. I remember when the site opened and we were sitting on our computer, like right when 
her universe became available to to buy. And I remember mm-hmm. buying that Padme shirt. It was so meaningful. Yeah. And it's crazy because it seems like such a silly thing. But for us to see like this this cute girl who loves Star Wars and was doing something about it, I think was really awesome for two girls who like sat in PE, like on the top bleacher talking about fan fiction in the back so that no one would hear them talking about it. Yep. You know, and uh, I, I don't think that I, – like I said, I don't think we'll probably ever really understand how important that was to us um, and even like laying the foundation for us to be able to do something like our podcast now 10 years later. I know. It's it's all like bullet points in our journey, you mm-hmm. know? And yeah, yeah. Some are more meaningful than others, but that one is a really big one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. So anything else you want to say about Ahsoka's legacy before we start reading the emails? I'm really excited to get into the emails because I think I think listeners are really going to love what other listeners have to say. But um, obviously, we have come nowhere near covering everything there is to cover about Ahsoka. But um, you can be sure we'll be talking about her again. So, <laughs> so the way this is going to work is we are going to kind of popcorn off <laughs> reading. I can't believe I just said popcorn off. Sorry. We're going to popcorn. <laughs> um, I'll read a letter. Caitlin will read one. And we'll just continue until we're we're out of letters. Yeah. Um, so <laughs> without further ado, let's get started. <laughs> um, also, I'm, I'm pretty sure I'm going to have to like wipe away a tear or two after reading these. Just a yeah. forewarning. Yep. Um, okay. So this first one comes to us from Jim. The biggest reason why I love Ahsoka is she shows that when you're in a bad situation through no fault of your own, it's important not to sulk and despair, but instead take responsibility for your current situation. I think this theme is most prevalent in the Jedi Who Knew Too Much episode. Through no no fault of her own, Ahsoka's been wrongly accused of being involved in the Jedi Temple bombing, and she knows that if she were to play the victim and sulk and despair, the Jedi Council would still believe she was guilty. So instead, she goes against the council's orders, refuses to rely on them, and takes control of her own own destiny and seeks out the evidence that will prove she's innocent. And while she does become a better Jedi because of this unfortunate event, she firmly stands by her decision to leave the Jedi Order because the Jedi aren't in control of her own destiny. She needs to discover her destiny for herself. And this one is from Maria Marquez Toft. Ahsoka is my favorite character ever. Her arc of becoming her own person is something I can relate to on a deep level. I found the Clone Wars when I was going through a painful time in my own life, and her story gave me the hope I could make it to. And as a person of color, it's nice to see a character that could literally be me or anyone. So I'm a pretty big fan of 10 years and one giant tattoo of her later. I'm so excited to see her story will be concluded at least to the Siege of Mandalore. To know the series is going to get another chance on the Disney streaming service is awesome. More women and girls may identify with her now. Now I'm nine months pregnant with my own daughter, and guess what her name is? And it also means that tons of kids will recognize her name too. Love the pod, and may the force be with you. So for starters, my name is Avery Wagner. I am what you call the biggest Ahsoka fangirl in the entire galaxy, and of Star Wars. When I was younger, I never really had any friends. I had frizzy hair, glasses, and just not a pretty face. So no one was my friend, but then I found Star Wars, The Clone Wars, and Cartoon Network. I was a fan. I watched every single episode ever since I discovered it. I was particularly interested in Ahsoka Tano. At the time, I thought I was just a fan of hers because she was a girl. I now know it's because I had a huge crush on her. At this time, I didn't watch the movie yet, 
So I wasn't aware of Star Wars' lack of women, but I just loved Ahsoka. I loved that she was so cool and fierce, sassy, and didn't care about anyone who put her down. She is the reason I had an amazing Jedi to look up to. The Clone Wars and Ahsoka Tano became my escape from the world of bullies. When Ahsoka left the Jedi Order, I was devastated. My favorite childhood hero was gone, but with that pain, I let go online. I let it go online with other people who felt the same way. I started Instagram as Avery Wags, and then now I am the fangirl awakens. Six long years of being a fan page and meeting people have changed my life all for the better. All because of Ahsoka. Because of Ahsoka and Tano, I realized I was gay, met new friends, and created my own platform in fandom, and became my own badass Jedi. I love Ahsoka Tano and can't thank her enough, even in a small email, because she's done so much for me than anyone has done in my 18 years on this world. And this one is from Travis. He wrote, Ahsoka Tano means a lot not only to me, but also to my three, almost four-year-old. We connect over Star Wars every single day, and it's always our go-to activity, whether it's watching Forces of Destiny, playing with toys, going to watch Star Wars in theaters, or reading five-minute Star Wars stories before bed. The Clone Wars was one of my little one's first experience with Star Wars, as I would have it playing on Netflix all the way back to when she was laying on the floor as a newborn. Ahsoka has been her favorite from the beginning. Having a young girl in the Clone Wars, who is one of the best Jedi ever, to look up to has been awesome to see from my daughter's point of view. My favorite part is watching all of the lessons learned from Ahsoka on screen and translating those to everyday lessons for my little one. When she gets in trouble, I literally ask her if she wants to go down the dark path like Dooku or on the light side like Ahsoka. Of course, she always picks the light side and learns from her mistakes. Learning from failures is such an important part of life and why I've always loved the lessons from Star Wars, especially The Last Jedi. Ahsoka is undoubtedly the reason my daughter loves Star Wars from the jump and a reason she has kept the interest watching her and Rebels and Forces of Destiny. As Star Wars expanded, her love of other characters has grown as well, mainly Rey, Jin Erso, Rose, and Sabine and Hera. We were lucky enough to meet Ashley Eckstein at an event that was a couple hours away, and when she was speaking to the crowd, she said her famous, I'm no Jedi line. My daughter's eyes lit up immediately and was so excited to get to talk to her for a couple minutes. She has dressed up as Rey a couple times for cons, but after the last one she went to, she asked if she could be Ahsoka next time. I started making a leku for her a few weeks ago, and it's coming along. She will be sure to be the cutest Torgruta ever. Pictures will be attached. All in all, Ahsoka means a lot to us for many different reasons. But the main core, but the main one is that she's been the avenue for an amazing connection between father and daughter. And this is from Kelly at Team Ahsoka, which is a great website. Ahsoka Tana's importance to me as a fan goes beyond her strength of character, her youthful enthusiasm, her insatiable curiosity, and the fact that she has the perfect comeback for any occasion. She also inspired a whole generation of Star Wars fans and given young girls and boys a role model to look up to. She taught fans of all ages the value of carving one's own path in life, being true to oneself, and knowing when to step away. She inspired fans around around the world to create beautiful works of art, fan fiction, and costumes. The Ahsoka Lives events at Star Wars Celebration are a testament to her widespread popularity. On a more personal note, Ahsoka has given me a community that I'm honored to be a part of. I launched Team Ahsoka back in 2016, and I've met so many talented, passionate, inspirational people through the site and social media, some of whom I now consider great friends. Clone Wars returns to our screens next year, and I'm already looking forward to laughing and crying over those new episodes with my fellow fans. And this is an audio file that was sent to us from Brandon at Clashing Savers. Hi, Sky Talkers. This is Brandon from Clashing Savers. And I just wanted to respond to you guys about why Ahsoka is so important to my life. See, Ahsoka Tano saved my life. 
when I started watching The Clone Wars, I hadn't watched it originally, and it was on, you know, Netflix and everything, and I had not been in a very good spot in terms of my mental health. I'd just gotten out of an eating disorder center, and I really didn't have any direction. I had this inkling, and I knew I wanted to do something to help others, but I really had no idea how such, like, a broken person as myself could. I had gotten back into Star Wars, and Star Wars had always helped me figure things out. And I started listening to podcasts, and I hear all these podcasters talking about Ahsoka and talking about the Clone Wars, and I figured, you know, what the heck, right? Like, I had nowhere to go but up. And I don't know if you call it divine intervention or the will of the Force, but right when I was making a big decision about where my life was going to go, I saw Ahsoka walk away from the Order. I saw her create her own path and do what she thought was right, even when everyone around her didn't understand, even when everyone around her would have made the different choice. And it gave me the hope and courage that I needed to make the leap and become a teacher. So I started teaching this season or the year that Rebels premiered. And I would watch it with my students. And it just really reinvigorated my fandom to the maximum. And so we go a season and a school year later. And here's Ahsoka again. This is my favorite version of Ahsoka. The mentor and the teacher who made the tough choice at the right moment. And she saw it pay off. I felt like this is the force telling me I was going to be okay, that I was on the right path, that if I followed Ahsoka's model, I could have what I truly wanted and become who I needed to be. And to some extent, honestly, I have. And that is so impactful and wouldn't have happened with Ahsoka, without Ahsoka. My life is far from over. Uh, Ahsoka's story is far from over. So I'm excited to see where future stories inspire me and motivate me and ask me, challenge me, I should say, to ask, what would Ahsoka do? Lady Akemai or Anna wrote, Ahsoka is the kind of character I look up to and aspire to be like. I could honestly talk about her for hours, but I'll try to keep it short. She taught me to never give up no matter how desperate the situation is. She also taught me to question authority and that it's okay to be an outsider. What makes her such a great character is that she grew so much from the beginning of Clone Wars until the end. Not many people liked her at the beginning, but 14-year-olds can be pretty unlikable, so I can appreciate the realisms in her early personality. It's so satisfying to see her grow up to be an amazing woman. Ahsoka Ahsoka made me hope that maybe I can become a great person just like her. This is from our friend Renee. Ten years ago, I stumbled across the Clone Wars purely by accident and was hooked instantly. It was my first foray into the Star Wars universe, and I was exci- it was exciting as it was daunting. I found myself cautiously stepping into this galaxy far, far away, which had been adored for generations, yet my anxiety was eased when Ahsoka Tano, a character I connected with almost immediately and felt compelled to root for, appeared on screen. She called herself a Padawan, and being an un- as unknowledgeable as I was about these things in Star Wars, real life and in general, my, ad- my adolescent self couldn't help feeling the same. As the seasons went by, I eagerly followed the little Soka on her journey as she learned about the complications of war, the ever-mysterious force, and herself. I witnessed her strength grow to new heights and slowly became become the leader of her and slowly become the leader her masters knew she could be. Her journey very much informed mine. We failed, we learned, we triumphed, and we fell. Every time she kicked some serious ass with those two lightsabers and and that reverse grip, I felt my own confidence swell. Then it ended on the steps of the Jedi Temple, not before she learned and imparted perhaps the most important lesson of all. Follow your instincts and be true to yourself, no matter how difficult the road ahead may be. 
When she returned to our screen sometime later, it was very much like re- reuniting with an old friend, and real- I realized how much I missed her. She was the same, of course, but different. My little Soka was all grown up, a lifetime ex- of experience under her belt and a quiet ri- wisdom ready to share. In short, Ahsoka Tano helped me make make sense of not only this grand tale unfolding among the stars, but the going goings on in my own life. She's no longer a student, but a teacher, and I hope someday to make that transition myself, to pass on all I've learned and be a guide in someone else's journey. Thanks for reading. Kind regards, Renee. This is from Newman. Ahsoka for me is the perfect example of someone coming into maturity and realizing what you've been taught as a kid might not have been totally true. Taking that information and making your own decision based on your own experiences. When she left the Jedi Order, she didn't go to the dark side. She more realized the truth that she lives somewhere in the middle. This what make this is what makes her and the choice of a white lightsaber so important to me. This next one is from at Jake Stevens five hundred five. Growing up, I loved Knights of the Old Republic too, which really got me into the great Jedi thing. The characters you could consider gray were Qui Gon and Jolie Bindo. So watching Ahsoka's journey into literally becoming a great Jedi was insane. She's an amazing reminder that balance is key, and she's hands down my favorite character. This is from Shay at Elvin Padawan. I have a rather backward story when it comes to my love of animated Star Wars and Ahsoka Tano specifically. The Clone Wars started when I was very young, and I saw bits and pieces of it throughout the years as it aired on TV, but never watched it faithfully. From what I understood of Ahsoka, she was bratty, annoying, and all around just there so that the show could have its signature Star Wars kid. Boy, how my, how my opinions have changed. I became a huge fan of Star Wars Rebels, and I must admit, I was conflicted at the news that Ahsoka would be entering the show as well. I wanted the show to be able to stand on its own, not to drag in fan favors and keep people watching. I decided to give it all a chance and found myself coming absolutely in love with Ahsoka. When we went back and watched through the Clone Wars during Rebels Break, I found that I loved Ahsoka there as well. It was amazing to see her go from an immature, overconfident kid to this amazing, graceful, powerful woman that she eventually became. Ahsoka helped me discover that heroes have to grow before they can be heroes. They aren't born with wisdom, grace, and compassion, and all things that make us idolize them. They grow into those places. While I never want to immolate some of those embarrassing things my my favorite fictional heroes do at at the beginning of their stories, I can only dream of it being as amazing as they are by the time the credits roll. It gives me hope for my own awkward, confused self and that maybe someday I can be someone that others will look to and draw strength from. This next one is from Zanjo Most. The Clone Wars movie was my daughter's first exposure to Star Wars at the young age of seven. This movie introduced a brand new character to the Star Wars universe named Ahsoka Tano. No surprise, my daughter took a liking to this snippy little Padawan. Through the years, I've seen both my daughter and Ahsoka transform from young girls to strong, powerful women, and to this day, she is my daughter's favorite Star Wars character. We've also had the pleasure of meeting Ashley Eckstein multiple times. One time, she even called my daughter from the floor of New York Comic Con as Ahsoka Tano to wish her luck on an upcoming test. While I will always be a Vader fan, Ahsoka Tano will always hold a special place in my heart as she represents a very special bond that I formed with my daughter. Now, as Ahsoka goes off to search for Ezra in the unknown regions, my daughter is going off on her search for college. Hashtag, I'm not crying, you're crying. Hi, Charlotte and Caitlin. I don't know how quite to begin here because it's really hard to put into words what the character of Ahsoka means to me. I think one of those things I connect with with the character the most is her growth. She's the embodiment of how people can grow and change and develop over time and how traumatic experiences can shape that growth. 
She's a child of war, and despite everything she's been through, she hasn't let that taint how she sees the galaxy. She loves unconditionally and cares about others so deeply that she's always willing to help and do the right thing without thinking about what's in it for her. Now, I'm no child of war, but I have experienced my fair share of traumatic events, and in spite of those experiences, I always hope to see the world like Ahsoka. In my mind, she ranks right up there with the likes of Obi-Wan, Yoda, and Luke as the best Jedi and everything they stand for. By the time of Rebels, she may no longer be a Jedi, but she's taken the best of their ideals and used it to try to make the galaxy a better place. And I think that's something that we can all try to do a little more. It's not an exaggeration when I say that Ahsoka is responsible for some of the best moments in all of Star Wars, and I can't wait to see more of her story unfold. Best, Thomas Sholin. This next one is from Fuyu Maho. Here are my thoughts about what Ahsoka means to me. She's my hero. I learned so much from her. Things like, it's okay if I make mistakes. That's part of what it is to become an adult. Only because of Ahsoka, I've learned to love Star Wars. And because of her, I know my best friends. So because of her, my life is what it is. This is from Amethyst at Kyloki. Love the screen name, by the way. I grew up watching The Clone Wars, and Ahsoka was the highlight of the show for me. As a younger viewer, she was the first female Star Wars character I could heavily identify with because of her young age. The heart of the Clone Wars, in my opinion, is Ahsoka's journey through adolescence. Over the course of the show, we see her grow into her own identity, and even though that was away from the Jedi Order. Not only did I love her story, but it was so amazing to see a character my age be such a badass. And nobody questions her abilities either. She was respected as a commander and a natural-born leader. She's one of the main reasons my love for the Star Wars. Star Wars was solidified so firmly growing up. This is from at Steely Dan Rather. Ahsoka is the reason I love Star Wars. I didn't care about Star Wars until I started watching The Clone Wars, and there she was. It was so special to watch her grow as a character, and now she's a key part of the franchise. This is from Angel of Light. Ahsoka is a sad character. Don't get me wrong by this, I love her character. She has grown from a stubborn, naive, take- take on the world single-handedly arrogant Padawan to a wise, loyal warrior over the years. I say that she's a sad character because as much as she had her master's back, she felt that not only he but the entire Jedi Council failed her when she needed them the most. The poor girl got screwed by the system, very relatable, and it made my heart sore when I saw her for the first time in Rebels, even more so now that we'll see her again back in Clone Wars. This is from at itfigures1138. Just my quick thoughts on Ahsoka. When she was first introduced to the Clone Wars movies, I really disliked her. She came across as a whiny little brat. As you saw her grow and develop during the Clone Wars series, transformation took place. As with any one thrust in a situation that may seem overwhelming, those experiences change you and the Clone Wars changed her. Throughout the series, we saw her transform into a smart and cautious role model for other Padawans and a fearless leader and seeker of truth that is the hallmark of a great character. The way her story arc ended when she quit the Jedi Order was devastating to me. The creative team behind the scenes really nailed it and hit that storyline out of the park. The complexity of the relationship between her and Anakin and her and the Jedi Council was amazing. The intricacies and ramifications of leaving the Jedi Order were more than a lot of us fans could handle. Her future was in question. Imagine, as I know you felt the same, what a surprise it was to learn years later that she was still working behind the scenes to discover the truth and fight for what she still believes in. And having read and listened to the audiobook twice, you saw and felt what she had gone through and what she was doing through some of those lost years. Needless to say, she's one of my all-time favorite Star Wars characters now. She's a pillar of strength in the community, and and she has characteristics that any fan should be proud to strive for. 
Since entering online Star Wars fandom, I've heard so, so much about Ahsoka. I first encountered her in a few episodes of Clone Wars in clips I watched online and read her backstory on Wikipedia and other sources. Rebels formally introduced me to her, and I was so intrigued by her. I watched Clone Wars all the way through this past year and understood fully why so many love her, and I'm so proud to be among them. Vivacious, smart, resourceful, resilient, and strong, she's the gift of a character who undergoes significant challenges to be the better person in a Padawan. The conclusion of her storyline in the show, for now at least, was so emotive and heartbreakingly conclusive and provided crucial lessons for viewers on the necessity of being decisive and stepping away. Additionally, Ahsoka matters on the representation front. I've seen that many fans of color see her facial features like theirs and I want and want to cos- cosplay her. She exemplifies many fans on why hashtag Star Wars rep matters. As you both know, this issue matters a lot to me, and I'm so happy that the wonderful Ahsoka Tano provides that representation for passionate fans. All the best, and may the force be with you, Suara. This one is from Lindsay. I think Ahsoka is an incredible character. She's so powerful, intelligent, and determined, and I think that's really awesome. Ahsoka was a standout character to me when I was a kid, and she remains one of my favorite Star Wars characters. One of my all-time favorite scenes in Rebels is when Ahsoka is in the temple and finally accepts that Anakin fell to the dark side and became Vader. It's such a heartbreaking yet powerful moment, especially when you think about all we witnessed with Ahsoka and Anakin during the Clone Wars. In general, I think Ahsoka is such an amazing character, and I'll never get tired of seeing her in Star Wars. I'm so glad you're doing an episode about her because she's so important to so many people. This is from Susan. I've been a Star Wars fan since childhood, but that was admittedly a long time ago. I only watched The Clone Wars and Rebels this year. I normally don't watch animated shows, but after watching The Last Jedi, I've I've been more excited about Star Wars since my childhood. I was looking for more content I can consume and had heard so many good things about the two shows that I decided to give them a chance. Wow, I was blown away by how good they are. For me, Star Wars is all about the Force. I could talk about it all day long. What Ahsoka represents to me is a way forward in the Force. As she says in Rebels, she's no Jedi, and yet she has unwavering internal moral compass that guides her to do what is right, even though it is not the Jedi way to do it. I met Ahsoka after having seen Luke's passing on screen and knowing that the Jedi Order is coming to an end. Especially for Rey and Kylo too, I think Ahsoka is the best role model for how they can move forward in a positive way. I've been looking for someone or something that is neither Jedi nor Sith and yet provides an example of how to present the world and be able to act as a force for good. That someone is Ahsoka Tano. I can't wait to learn more about her life and how she thinks and acts. I'm reading the Ahsoka novel now and I have enjoyed seeing her in Forces of Destiny. I'm very excited to see what is done with her character in the new seasons of Clone Wars, and I think that she is in very capable hands. Ahsoka has learned and grown so much over the course of her development. I think many of us have a lot to learn from her, too. This is from Edith Sanchez. I'm the daughter of a casual fan of Star Wars. My father has some toys, and I grew up watching the original trilogy, thinking that was one big movie because we always watched them together. I liked the movies, and I also thought of myself as a casual fan. A year and a half ago, I finally saw The Clone Wars because they said that Netflix was going to erase it from their catalog. It was halfway of the series that I finally understood why so many people love this Star Wars. It was not only because of the ships or the fights or the universe. It was because of the empathy, love, family, and so much more that the universe has to offer. All of this I saw through the eyes of the young and pure Ahsoka Tano. She was my eyes in a universe where the amazing visuals are the second most important part, where someone so young can learn from her masters and let go of their toxic lessons, where someone can hold on to the pure heart in a dark world, 
Ahsoka Tano was my first view into this awesome and positive world of Star Wars, where light always defeats darkness. Now I can no longer call myself a casual fan. Now I am committed to this universe and all the lessons that it has to offer. This is from Lauren. When I discovered the character of Ahsoka Tano, I remember being so disappointed. The, my only reason being was that I had written fan fiction. I didn't even know it was called fan fiction at the time, about a girl who went on missions with Obi-Wan and Anakin, who had been a favorite of Master Yoda's. I know, right? Anyways, I loved that character so much, I often wished I could escape into the Star Wars universe and be with her. As you can imagine, when I found out who Ahsoka Tano was, I felt a rush of anger and disappointment and jealousy. I never wanted to go watch the film at the theater, and even though it did I didn't eventually watch the show on Cartoon Network, I became ambivalent about the whole thing. I thought Ahsoka was annoying and immature. She was around my age and nothing like the character I had created in my head. As time passed, I realized that Ahsoka was changing and growing up, just like I was. I can't really pinpoint what episode or moment made me start liking Ahsoka, but I can tell you that watching her walk away from Anakin and the Jedi Order made me an emotional wreck. It was in that moment I realized Ahsoka had grown on me and I cared about her journey. I realized watching it in my living room alone and regretted how much I had hated her at first, but I had grown up to realize that she actually meant something to me. I felt a connection to her that I and I loved her ever since. Ahsoka means a lot to me because I feel like I grew up alongside of her. Her journey is... Her journey to become a Jedi came to an end at the same time as I graduated high school. It may have taken years to accept the character, but now she's one of my all-time favorite Star Wars characters, and I'm slowly building a shrine in her honor. This is from the Star Wars Girl. My parents took me to see the special editions before my fourth birthday. I don't really remember that, but I remember seeing episode one when I was six. It was just my mom and me then, and I was so scared of Darth Maul, but my mom was smiling so much as we left. It's a very happy memory. She got sick before Revenge of the Sith came out, and she didn't come home from the hospital, so we couldn't finish Star Wars together. I saw it on DVD later, but it was hard to care without my mom. But when I was 15, another Star Wars movie was coming out. This one was entirely animated. I decided that my mom would want me to go see it, and that's when Ahsoka Tano changed my life. I never really had a hero before that. I liked Star Wars and Disney movies, but there was never a character I looked to and said, hell yeah who made me feel like I could accomplish something. But that's exactly what I got from Ahsoka. She was supposed to be a little younger than me, but that didn't matter. She was a teenage girl who was doubted and felt like she had to prove herself, and she did it in more ways than just fighting with a lightsaber. I went from liking Star Wars to being obsessed with it. I liked Leia and Padme a lot, but Ahsoka was so different. She gave me the hero I needed, and I finally felt like I had my Star Wars. Having her return in Rebels all grown up as I face adulthood myself, I know it's silly, but it was like having a sister who had my back. I love Rey every bit as much as Ahsoka. I connect with her in new and different ways. But Ahsoka will always be my first hero and the first character who made me feel like Star Wars was for me too. This is from at 501 Denal. When I first saw Ahsoka, I wasn't sure how I felt about her being Anakin's Padawan. I thought it was weird that Anakin had a Padawan we didn't see in Revenge of the Sith. I also thought she was a bit whiny. However, as the series progressed, she became a stronger character that I actually cared about a whole lot. The story was mostly from her point of view, and I'm so glad it was. Seeing her grow up around a chaotic war was fascinating. I actually almost cried when she left the Order. Her inclusion in Rebels made the show even better. I really liked the character, and she's my favorite female character in Star Wars.
Well, those are all of the letters that we got in, and I know it was a lot to read through, but we felt that they were just, all of these letters were just so lovely and so personal and moving that we really just wanted to give them a bit of a spotlight in this, I guess, this bonus part four. Um, Guys, I'm so glad that you sent them in. Just like I said, it just makes me so happy to be a Star Wars fan, knowing that all of you have the same kinds of feelings about Star Wars that we have too. And I'm just so grateful that we're all in this community together and that you all love Ahsoka enough to even send us in these messages. It it means I think it means so much for this community to have that kind of positivity out there. So thank you so much to everyone who sent in and thank you for everyone who loves Star Wars. Totally getting emotional over here. It's fine. <laughs> I know. I about halfway through, I was it was like after I finished every letter while you were reading yours, I had to like recollect myself. Same. Um guys, Star Wars is great. And what's even more great about it is that it lets us have a way to it's it's a form for us to talk to more people and get to know more people and their stories. And the fact that someone like Ahsoka from 2008 can have such a positive impact on this fandom, I think is just incredible. And oh, my God, I I just love it. And this has been one of my favorite things to do on the show is to read these these notes and these messages that we got in. So, oh my gosh, thank you for sending them. Totally. Okay, Caitlin, do you want to tell everyone where they can find us? Yes. So you can find Ahsoka Tano in Clone Wars and Rebels. <laughs> Forces of Destiny in, in her and novel. And maybe mm-hmm. someday in a comic. Yeah. And yep. maybe in episode nine. <laughs> You can find you can find Ahsoka Tano in all those places. Um, go and love her. I'm gonna go home and watch some Clone Wars. Um, but you can find the show at Sky Talkers Pod on Twitter, as well as our personal Twitters at Crarity is Charlotte's and at Caitlin Plusher is mine, as well as our website SkyTalkers.com. Um, if you enjoyed our show and you want to leave us a five-star review on iTunes, it really helps our show out, um, helps more people find our show to listen to. So we would really love it if you could take a second to do that. Yes. And I would just like to thank our amazing patrons, Amy, Joanna, Z, Terry, Cherie, Angela, Diana, Becca, Lynn, Katie, Rachel, Courtney, Brian, Susanna, Megan, Amy, Kelly, Jim, Suara, BJ, from a certain point of view, the Dorky Diva Show, Megan, Stewart, Kyle, Jennifer, Danny, Ross, Kels, Chastity, Aliyah, Sarah, Travis, Katie, Daniela, Alyssa, Rebecca, Andy, Delaney, Angela, Allie, Natalia, Daz, Serene, Shireen, Matt, Jordan, Molly, Chell, Aaron, Lauren, Tom, Edith, Adam, Derek, Connie, Robbie, Kirsty, Brandon, and Chuck. Thank you guys so much for supporting us. It means the absolute world. Thank you guys so much, and we will be back soon with a brand new episode of Sky Talkers. Until then, may the force be with you. May the force be with you.